couldn't see this number out this evening. We're uh, on lesson number six. We'll, we'll start that tonight. We'll finish that up on uh, Sunday. And then Rick will be back in for a couple of weeks. And then I'll be back two weeks after that for uh, how to study the Bible, work aids for studying the Bible, tips for studying the Bible, which I think will be really good for all of us. And uh, I even got a, 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 a handout or two on books that would be awfully good to have in your library or the electronic version, if that's what you like, you know, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, before we do get started, I, I think you, you, you may not have seen the, uh, the email yet from the church, but as of uh, an hour and a half ago, we have a new sister in Christ. She was baptized this afternoon at about 5.30. Her name is Linda Perry. She has her hand up. Nelma, uh, bless her heart, Nelma's uh, been studying with her and uh, lives in the same building with Nelma. And then we met last Friday for an hour and a half, a couple hours, and, uh, and she knew exactly what she wanted to do. And uh, there was no doubt about, about this one. Anyway. So we're really happy for that. And if you haven't met her, I'm sure that you will. Very happy. Linda Perry. Um, the Bible, simple and pure. I, <clears throat> I don't normally do this. It's only a paragraph. But there's a, there's a book that I just finished reading this week. It's called Old Mulkey. Uh, back in 1804, um, about 30 miles from where I grew up, um, the, there had been some, some men in, in, uh, in Europe that had been under you know, the Catholicism and all these uh, during the Dark Ages, and they, and they just felt like there has to be more to Christianity than what we're being fed. So they had copies of the Bible, and they started studying, and they just said, we're, we're, we're going to change. So they came to this country, and I think John Mulkey in about 1798, if I remember right, or 99, and about 30 miles from home, he put down roots the best that he could, and uh, was searching for the old order of things. That if, if the Bible made Christians 2,000 years ago, it'll make them today, he said. And um, I was reading where, um, oh, like 1826 or something like that, not to bore you too much, but they had a meeting over around Lexington, Kentucky, and 30,000 showed up. Wow. And they baptized so many there. It's called the uh, Cane Ridge. You, you can Google that, Cane Ridge. It was so many that there were preachers preaching all over the grounds. Almost, almost reminded me of uh, Pentecost, you know, with the thousands there that, that Peter and the, and the apostles were preaching. And then in 1855, where my, all my folks, my mother's folks were from, in Salina, Tennessee, they held a five-day meeting. 105 were baptized in five days. And so this guy was southern Kentucky, northern Tennessee, which is all, both sides of my family from there, and then up into southern Illinois, where John Mulkey and his, or his son moved later. And the church got started big time in southern Illinois, where Jack Duckworth and those guys are from. They can trace it you know, back a long way. So <clears throat> that's a little bit of a teaser. Now I want to read 
This is what, what they thought. We talk about the Bible simple and pure. What I'm saying, we'll have a point here in a minute. Uh, this is what, in 1809, oh, 19, uh, 210 years ago or something like that. My, a little rusty on my map. Uh, this is what John Mulkey said. He'd been a member of the Baptist Association. He was one of the, the big dogs and all of that. And just kept studying and then finally they, they had to, to divide. And, and this is what John Mulkey said. He said, after much, much deliberation and free conversation on every subject that came under our view, we finally concluded that all human creeds and confessions of faith were the works of fallible men. And consequently, they were imperfect and oftentimes contradictory to each other, which they are. And also that they had been the cause of many, if not most, of the divisions of the church of God. Likewise, it's just another sentence or two. I'm going to drop down just a little bit. Uh, that they all had their zealous advocates and, of course, were calculated to divide Christians and keep them apart. Now, he closes by saying this. Well, it's a lot more than that, but anyway, what I highlight by the will of God to be subject to Christ and to each other in the gospel, taking the holy scriptures as the only rule of our faith and practice. Amen. You can't read it. You can't read it. We're not going to practice it, they said, which was very unusual for, for that time. And, and it's called the Pioneer Plea for the Ancient Order. We've actually, also was a little bitty fellow, I don't think Janelle, uh, uh, Janelle. Michelle, uh, was, Michelle was even more. See, that's Janelle, Michelle's. Uh, and I got to stand behind the pulpit where all these, uh, Alexander Campbell and all these, Ooh. Martin W. Stone and all these, Raccoon John Smith, where they preached. It was really something. And just a sidelight, oh, by the way, and then we'll get going. Uh, Daniel Boone's wife, uh, sister Hannah Boone, um, is buried there and she was one of the ones when it came to the split that she sided with uh, the members of the church that going to do it this way and of course she was excommunicated along with the others from, from, the, from the Baptist uh, Association so it's interesting that a pioneer like Daniel Boone's sister was a member of the church I just found that interesting I was also reading that uh, that there was a preacher during the uh, Valley Forge, his name was John Gano, G-A-N-O, kind of an unusual name. John Gano, uh, George Washington had been baptized when he was about two years old. You know how they baptize Presbyterians, some of the, the when they're babies. Men died everywhere at, the, at Valley Forge in the winter. He came to this preacher, John Gano, and he said, who was the over their religiosity, I guess, of, of the army, and said, I've been reading, it looks to me like best I can tell that the Bible talks about you have to be immersed for the remission of your sins. Um, and I want to do that. In fact, he said, I order you to do that. But I don't want the army to see it. This is just between myself and my staff and all of that. I just find that interesting. That, that honest people can learn the truth if they're willing. If they're willing to take the, the Bible simple and pure. I really believe that. Um, and we can be just 
Uh, he said, if we can make Christians 2,000 years ago by doing these things, we can make them today. And we just saw that tonight with, uh, with Linda. Okay. Uh, any questions or comments before we get going? I, I know that took a little extra time, but um, you know everybody's got their handouts, and I'm assuming you're reading and studying. And um, uh, the very first, where I, what I call introduction there, in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3, Paul said this, But I'm afraid, lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your mind should be led astray, notice, from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. The simplicity and the purity of, the, of devotion to Christ. It's simple, and that's where I... How I got the title here from that Second uh, Corinthians 11. It seems that you would have to work to misunderstand it. Well, you, you do, and, and, I, and I, I think page two or page three, we'll touch on that if we don't get tonight on Sunday, that, that, that that's true. And, and uh, the Lord saw that coming, and He said, you know, that not everybody loves the truth. Yeah. Uh, and He said, that, that's. That's fine. That's what you want to do. But he said, you know, I'll hold you accountable for it, but I'll send you a strong delusion so you can believe it if that's what you want to do. Uh, you know, everybody didn't believe Jesus either, did they? In fact, most did. find that interesting. He could perform, obviously, miracles and do all these wonderful things, and he could just tie people up in knots because he was God. He is God. And they, some of them still didn't believe him, and they wanted to kill him. So it shouldn't shock us that, that some we're going to run into. We, we, we know a couple, don't we know? <laughs> we do. <laughs> that wasn't as open as Linda. Um, that just not going to believe this. And we, we, we did our best. And then we, then we moved on. Uh, that, that's what the Lord said to do. He said, you shake the dust off, and you have to move on sometimes. And we've all, everybody's faced that in our, in our lives. Um, but if Jesus couldn't save them all, and He couldn't, then I don't know why we think we get so down in the mouth sometimes when somebody don't believe the, believe the truth. You just do the best you can do out of love. And you just show them what this is and keep your opinions to yourself and just let them read it and you read it. It just says what it says and means what it means. It's that simple. You know you're in trouble, though, when they, they say, well, I thought, I thought it meant, or my family is always, well, okay, you got your work cut out for you. But that's okay. That's okay. You can convert them too. Uh, but it can take a little while, can't it? Um, our good sister Margaret here, uh, who's visiting, lives in the same building. She was baptized when she was 65. Is that right, Margaret? So, you know, as long as we're breathing, um, there's still hope in it. There, there, there really is. Um, now, in Genesis 3, the, the famous story of, of Adam and Eve and the serpent, what was the problem there? Was God not clear? Now, I want you to, you can eat anything in this whole garden. This is yours. I mean, what, how generous could you be? Except one, God, one tree over here. Now, knowledge of good, don't, don't, don't do that. What Satan say? Oh, come on. God just knows that here he's, he's spinning his little yarn here, his little web. 
God knows, you know. You won't die. You won't die. Um, he just knows when you eat that, you're gonna know have the, you're gonna be like him, you're gonna know everything. So Eve fell for it, and Adam wasn't far behind. Uh, he fell for it too. Of course, now what what did Adam do eventually? This woman. This woman. woman right here is the cause of all this. You gave me. Uh, God gave him. Yeah, yeah. You gave him to me. Heard uh, me, by the way. How, how God did that work? Did that work out okay for me? No, God not buying that. Just like He doesn't buy excuses today. You know, Mitch. Oftentimes we look at that and we tell that story, but that's the individual being judged. That's a situation. There's a lot. There's three players in there, and God. But God judges each one of them based on what they did. That's true. He does today. Very simple. Now, Satan said God's words too simple. He didn't mean that, really. Does he say that today? Yeah. Is that one of his tools in his toolbox? Oh yes. It's too simple. Now, don't believe all that. Um, that Bible was written 2,000 years ago for those people then. Simple people. They didn't have the internet, you know. <laughs> and if God had known then what we know now. Yeah. So that was, it, it's, it's a good uh, book of suggestions, and it was written for people 2,000 years ago. What's the implication of that? It's not true now, right? Uh, Craig? Not relevant today. Well, it's not relevant today, but what's it, no, you're right, 100%. What's it say about God? Yeah. God's got his limitations. That's what they're saying. That he could not have seen 2,000 years ahead uh, what, uh, what it was going to take. Uh, now, have, have people changed? Have, have personalities changed? Have, have the way we... Anything new under the sun? Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Because you know where I'm going with this. But anyway, I want to read this real quick. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, right after Psalm, uh, Psalm Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Uh, verse 9. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there's nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new. It's already been in ancient times before us. Um, that's what God said. That there's nothing new under the sun. I, I, I got this, boys and girls. I got this. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nothing new under the sun. 2 Peter 3 and verse 8. Somebody turn there just real quickly. 2 Peter 3 and verse 8. And when you get there, uh, read out kind of loud. 2 Peter 3 and verse 8. But do not let this one... In fact, escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. So, God was relevant 2,000 years ago. He was relevant when the earth was created, whatever, whatever you want to call it, six or 7,000 years ago. He's relevant today. And one day is a thousand years, is a thousand years is one day. It's like a blink in the eye for Him. It's nothing. That's who we're dealing with. And we talked about how he, uh, Cyrus, how 150 years before Cyrus was even born, he said Cyrus is going to 
going to be born. He's going to take over the world and the Medes and Persians as the king. Remember all of that? He's going to set my people free there. And he did. And that was before he was ever conceived. Before his daddy was, mama was ever conceived. Now that, that, that's, that's power right there. So he says, one day is a thousand years. Don't get all hung up on it. So, but people say that today. Well, it's not relevant. Those are suggestions for today. They were true then. That get, You know who that's talking? That's the devil talking. That's Satan. Um, you, you just can't believe it. In 2 Peter 1, verses 3-5, through 5, it says, His divine power, now notice, has given us what? How many things? All, all things. Now, if you've got all of something, is there anything left over? If, that, if, the, if the glass is all full, can you add any more to it? No. So, it's, Peter said that God gave us everything we need, all, that pertains to life and godliness. Here it is, just like, just like uh, old brother John Mulkey said 210 years ago. Here it is. And that's our guide. Not really interested in manuals and confessions and, and, and all of that. You saw what that got us, the dark, called the Dark Ages and all of the stuff that went on there. Um, in Galatians 1 and verse 8, says this, but if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let it be accursed. Galatians 1 and verse 8. He says it again, I think two verses later, for emphasis, in case we didn't quite get it. You know, people will say, well, I got a revelation one night, uh, back in the 1800s, and about this and this and this. Paul said, if an angel comes to you and says that, or if an apostle, if I come to you and say, let him be accursed. It's not true. This is all we need. It's completed. It's been verified. It's the truth. Yeah, I've, been, I've been using that with, with uh, Mormon elders, 18-year-old elders for years. That is the first thing I always bring up is that because yeah. it's like you're you know, we can't say that Joseph Smith didn't talk to an angel of God, but if he did, the Bible's really clear on what that was. Yeah. That that angel told him and that and that did, you know, I don't think it happened, but it could have you know, it could have. Yeah. This the Bible God's clear on it. Um, I had one that one of them I can't the one ones ever had an answer to that. They don't they, most of them have never even heard that verse, but one of them looked it up recently and said, Well, it's not a, it's not another gospel. It's a what do they say? It's a continuance of the, of the same gospel. It was it was first first guy that's ever had a good answer for that. You know, most of we had answers. Well, it wasn't a good answer, I mean, but it was a smart. It was a, it was a smart answer. So so that got a lot of conversation going between us. He's been back a lot of times to talk. One well, that's good. I appreciate you doing that. There's one thing that God never intended for this word to be intimidating. Now, you know, when you're new, new Christian, or you know, relatively young Christian, or you just started studying again, like he expects us to do, on the surface it can be a little bit intimidating, can it? Mm -hmm. And you go, I, where do I start? I think I'll start here. <laughs> and then the Lord said, and you go, I, I don't know why I don't understand it, really. Yeah. <laughs> so in two weeks we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, eat that elephant a bite at a time and lay us out a plan on how we can study the Bible and what it's going to take to study the Bible rather than just 
haphazard, which we've all done that at times. Uh, Miss Lisa. Well, I was going to say, kind of building off of this point, that I think sometimes just listening to some different people's stories recently, some things that people have used the name of God and used the Bible have been very hurtful and traumatizing to people who have grown up. And it's not the Bible, it's not God's Word, it's not what God intended, but but that's how it was perceived in their yep. life in, in trauma. And yes. so, so often I think we have to kind of pull back and say, that's not the Jesus I know, that's not the God that I know, that they wouldn't, that's not what the Bible says. Well, the Bible may say it, and you know, we, we can sound I'd be careful, just, you know, everything's love and, and uh, jello. Uh, there's truth, too. No. Um, but, to your point, yeah. I hope it's fun. I think it is, that I grew, growing up in the South, in the site of where all this took place, there were people that were traumatized by just beating you over the head with this Bible. What they made, what they said, I suspect was true. But the way they said it, the way they said it, uh, can be very hurtful and discouraging, and even sometimes when we, even when you know children are baptized and they come along and someone says something to them or something happens later in their life and they give up and quit. Now it's on them, but maybe it's on us for the way we said those things. So we have to be we have to we do have to be careful how we say things. I 100% agree. I was thinking sure. a little bit more. Okay. Like there, there is. Um... I listened to a story about someone who, it's this, uh, the people who don't go to the doctor, can't think of it. Yeah, Seventh-day Adventist or something, and yeah. this child was hurt, right. and their parents told them, I'm sorry, that's just, that we can't take you to the doctor, because you were, even though there was a bone sticking out of them, because God told me I'm not supposed to Right, right. That's what I'm trying to say. No, no, like, uh, yeah, yeah you, you can make, that's a good point, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You can make the Bible say about anything you want to say. If you jerk it out of context, the sum of thy word is truth. Psalms 119, I think it's on page 4 if I remember right. Uh, the sum of thy word is truth. It takes all of the truth. Now every single verse is true, but every single uh, truth about a subject is not in one verse. So there is a tremendous danger there, Lisa, you're 100% right, of, of just taking anything and making it say anything. But one thing about about the Bible, it doesn't contradict itself because if it does, what does that say about God? He couldn't handle this, and he met himself coming back, so to speak. That oh, it's almost like he was scratching his head. Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> no, he didn't forget about anything. So if there's a contradiction, one of you or both of you are wrong. Maybe both of you are. It could be. But you both cannot be right on a topic. You cannot be. And this be God's Word. And, and because if, if that's the truth, then we're pointing back to Him and accusing Him of not understanding this because He was. Uh, you both can't be right. Now that's in any, almost any topic that I can think of. Um, almost any, what, what is there? Pardon? You said almost any topic. Any topic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's a good point. Any topic that I'm aware of uh, that that we have to take it all. 
you know, uh, some religious friends will say, well, we're saved by grace. Does everybody here believe that? Sure. Absolutely we are. We're in Ephesians. saved by faith. But uh, we're saved by faith. Now, which is it? A Romans says we're saved by hope. No, wait a minute. Which is it? We're saved uh, by baptism. Confessions, uh, we're saved by confessing that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, which is it? Uh, Luke 13 says that we're saved when we repent. Well, which is it? Yes, it's all of them. We're saved by water. It's all of them. The Bible says we're saved by baptism. Now, which is it? Can you take any of those out of that equation? You cannot, because you did not do all of what of what, what the Bible said. It's just that simple. But, but, but to Lisa's point, you can't just go to one verse and say, well, the Bible says we're saved by grace. Absolutely we are. But it says we're saved by these other things too. So I'll put them together. And, and just like Linda did, we talked about that last Friday. And, and you know, she was here and she was here and she was here and she was here and she read the book of Acts. And she said, based on, she read all 28 chapters last week. <laughs> Based on that, I think I, I need to be baptized for a mission life sentence. That's what she came up with. Pretty simple. Yeah. It's pretty simple. So that's what God, God's not trying to intimidate us or catch us. Aha! I caught you, Jim, on a little technicality there. He's not trying to do that. It's not written on a PhD level. We've said that before. If it is, we might as well all go home. Uh, it's written on, on a common man level. Because who did Jesus appeal to? Well, what about all the elite? Not many. There was a few. There was a few priests. There was a few uh, of the Jews. That there were a few. Just like today. There are a few PhDs and there are a few that, 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 that are faithful members of the Lord's church. But as a general rule, it's for common people like you and me. Because that's how Jesus taught. Because who talk to the common people, when he talked to the hierarchy of the Jews, they, they, they didn't want to hear that mess. They didn't. In Matthew 21 and 25, 45, Jesus is, is, and you can read this on your own, but I'll just paraphrase, Jesus was talking to a group and the leader said, mm, he's talking to us. Did they understand it? Yeah. Did they agree with it? Nope, they understood it. So, even the elite can understand it and did understand it. But they just said, let's kill him. And of course, eventually they did. Or he let them. Um, but he said, we know what he's, he's talking to us. He's talking to us. And he was talking in parables, but they, they were smart men. They knew exactly what he was saying. They didn't agree. And we can talk to people today. And they can understand, they may not agree, you can still be friends. You can still be friends, you're not going to be ugly to anybody, we're going to do what's right, and we're open to talking anytime. That's, that's just the way he did it, and I think that's the way we need to do it. Questions, comments on that? We've only got this. First bell run. No, not yet. Okay, good. Oh, good. We're in good shape. Uh, Ephesians 5 and verse 17. It's one of the verses that, and we'll go over this in a couple of weeks, when um, how to memorize verses. I've got some tips on how you can, because sometimes we'll all say, well, I'm not very good at memorization. Well, I'll show you a way to, 
memorize a verse a week that you'll never forget it. We'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks, but this is one of the first ones I ever memorized. Ephesians 5, 17, be, not, be, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, God wrote, Paul wrote this through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What does that verse say? Don't be un unwise. What's the opposite of unwise? Wise. But understand what the will of God is. Now God would not have said that if we couldn't understand it. And He wouldn't. He would never ask us to do anything that's impossible. He wouldn't. Uh, look at Matthew 17. We will read this, verses 13 and 14. It's not in your notes. You can write them in there if you want to. Matthew... I'm sorry, Matthew 7. I said 17. I didn't know what right. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. <clears throat> Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Have you ever been to a funeral where there was ever a person, the preacher or whoever was talking, they said, this old boy didn't make it. I never have. I'm old. They preach him right into heaven. What, what does that say right there? Our life is, is, is uh, two roads. He said, now I'm going to let you choose. I'm, I'm not going to twist your arm. You can go on the broad way or the narrow way. Now the broad way um, leads to destruction. And how many are going to be there, relatively speaking? A lot. The majority. Uh, or you can go on the narrow way. for It has a narrow gate. And what is he, how does he describe that? There are, it's, it's, it can be difficult at times. It's, being a Christian is, is not an easy thing. It's a wonderful life. I don't know what, what, what people do without, without. well, I turn to alcohol and drugs and sex and, uh, and all these other things. They wander. They wander. You've been there, haven't you? Yes, sir. We talked about that. So have I when I was younger. You can wander. But narrow is the way and few there be that's going to find it. Relatively speaking. You know, I don't know what, God knows the number. It's not, it's not our call, and I'm glad. I wouldn't make mistakes. Make them every day. But God's not going to make any mistakes. But Jesus Himself said, He's going to be the judge, said there's going to be a few that find it. But, you know, if you figure 25 billion have lived, and a few might be in the millions, yeah. and they probably will be. But that, that's His call again. You know, but every, most people are not going to make it. That's just what Jesus said. That's just that simple. And he doesn't say that that narrow gate is hard to find. He said the life would be hard to find, but anybody can find the gate if they're looking for it. That's right. And then what kind of God would God be if, if he would condemn people who, remember our title now, Simple and Pure, those that were incapable of understanding or obeying. Now, are there people on the earth today who are alive who are incapable of understanding and obeying. Yes, there are. Some work with them. Um, 
There are. God knows that. And they're as safe as a newborn baby. That's His business. Um, but as a general rule, He's not going to give us anything we, we can't understand and obey. Otherwise, if He condemns us to hell for, for something that we're not capable of knowing or understanding, this Bible is not simple, pure. It's just not. That's the implication. Do you see that? It's important. I'm glad Don Johnson's not in here tonight. He may see it later. <laughs> Point number two. Point number two. God does not necessarily want scholars in His kingdom. We have scholars in the kingdom. More often than not. We, 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 he understands. More often than not, Jesus decried the religious elitist of His day. He did, didn't He? And He preferred the company of humble people Simple people, lowly people, people with problems. That's who he hung out with. Remember that? So many. That's who he hung out with. Because I had a brother and have a brother in Africa. I spent a month, almost a month in Sierra Leone <coughs> teaching and preaching in 2012. And he's one of the elders there now. He also preaches. His name's Theophilus. What a wonderful Bible name. And Theophilus said, one of what we were having, we would preach and teach for about 10 to 11 hours a day, every single day. Uh, we'd get a little time to eat a little bit, then we'd go take a, if we had a time for a nap, then we'd go back in. Theophilus told me one afternoon before we started, he said, Mitch, come back here a second. I always sat in the back. And he said, this is as good as it's ever going to get for us. We try to get rice and a, few, uh, and a little bit of food every day. We know our life's never going to change physically. We know that. All we've got is the hope we have in this. And they're rock solid. I think we may get diverted too many times with this world. Does anybody believe that? I do. Yeah. Get diverted. Look what we've done. Look what I've done. Look, look blah, blah, blah. He's, he's just as honest as he can be. Good man. He was the Liberian boxing champion of the country back in his younger days. You walk down the street with him, feeling good. Anybody got any problems? Theophilus will take care of me. Um, but our lives are never going to get better physically. And we know that. And I just found that refreshing. We got this. And they were happy, I'll bet you. They were very happy people. Very happy people. If they just had a little to eat every day and some fresh water, it was a good day. So, that's who the Lord hung out with. And sometimes we, you know, we have to be considerate of that too. We do. Question, comments so far? I know we're about done here. Remember when Jesus had the little children? And the apostles said, Get these children away from him. He's a busy man, don't you know that? Children are bugging him. And he said, Don't do that. Let the little children come to me because this is the kingdom. You've got to have a childlike demeanor and attitude and personality. And sometimes you don't have that. We have to work on that. 
because he said, now this is, this is what the kingdom's made of, like these little children. You've got to become childlike spiritually with a good loving heart uh, to be a follower of mine. I struggle with that sometimes, and I have to keep going back and reading and studying and praying and asking for, for, for uh, forgiveness. We all do that. You know, Linda, you're going to, you're going to stumble something. That's okay. You ask for, for forgiveness and we're back up and going again. We'll start, we'll get into more of the meat of, meat of things. We'll do page three and page four for Sunday. So, um, hope to see you then. I've seen a, I've seen a funeral preacher close to this old boy didn't make it as you could get without oh. saying that sentence. Well, like my cousin's 